more blessed to give than to receive. So, again, I'll give God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for everything he's doing here. Amen. Amen. We thank God for our praise team. They are certainly anointed and blessed of God, and we thank God to have them. Thank God for each and every one of you. Encourage each of you to invite somebody to church. Might be the only request they get. Father, thank you for this day and for your love. Thank you for the spirit of Christmas, of giving of yourself, Father, to us. That you love so much that you gave your son. Thank you for your precious word, for helping us to grow in you today, to know you better, and to learn a little more perfectly how to love like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Got your pens out? John 3.16. Put a marker in Luke chapter 1. Then Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Hebrews 9, 28, and Revelation 22, 12 through 17. See, I'm getting better. Try to help you out. <laughs> That'll scratch the surface of it. Anybody tell you how much God loves you today? He does. So do I. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. <clears throat> the prophet Isaiah spoke those prophetic words by the Spirit of God 700 years before God brought them to pass. A child is born, a son is given. The physical body of Jesus was born into this world. But God is a spirit. And Jesus' eternal spirit, which existed from the beginning of time and had been with God from the beginning and created all things, was given to us. Wrapped in flesh. Lying in a manger. God had a plan of redemption for mankind. To forgive our sins and bring us back into relationship with himself. And at just the right time, he fulfilled his promise by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to be the ransom or payment for our sins. Why would he do such a thing? Why would he do such a thing? You know, the Muslim belief system, those poor people, 
so deceived since Muhammad created that religion of Antichrist in the 7th century. Over 240 million people have been murdered in the name of a false god. They don't understand, even though they believe that Jesus was a prophet, they don't believe that he died on a cross because they don't believe that God would kill one of his prophets that way. You can never understand God with your mind. Only by the Spirit of God. Why did he do it? Why did he let this thing happen? Why was it necessary for this to happen? I can answer that question in one word. Love. 1 John 4, 8 tells us that God is love. And that was his motivation for saving us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So profound and beautiful. Oh, he's wonderful. So, because of our desperate condition, Jesus agreed to come. To be our kinsman redeemer and the price of our redemption was uncorrupted, sinless human blood. Man gave our position and authority away in the garden and man had to get it back. Jesus was the only one ever qualified to be the sacrifice. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds or by his stripes we are healed. God wanted to heal us, to make us whole in every way. Not just forgiveness of our sins, but everywhere we hurt. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially. Romans 4.25 says, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are justified before God. Just as if I'd never sinned. Justified. Sin dealt with. The old man dealt with. Now, by accepting the free gift of salvation, we can have relationship with the living God, which is what he wanted all along. John 17, 3 says, eternal life is in knowing God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. It's all about this relationship, and it begins at the moment of salvation. It's not something we have to wait until we get to heaven for. Isaiah 53, 6 said, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid upon him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Can I tell you something I know about sheep? <clears throat> sheep are very geographically challenged. <laughs> Once a sheep gets lost from the flock, it just gets further and further lost. It doesn't find its way home. It has to be found. 
Peter mentions it again, 1 Peter 2.25. He says, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. That's Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15.3 says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. All exactly as God had planned, you see. It had been prophesied throughout the Old Testament about His coming. And now, God was bringing His plan to pass on the very first Christmas by wrapping Himself in the flesh of a little baby boy, born of a virgin in Bethlehem. This was almost 2,000 years ago. Over 350 prophecies have been fulfilled in Christ. What are the odds of that? I can tell you they're infathomable. 350? Listen, just a handful of prophecies. I think seven. Less than ten. The chances of just ten being fulfilled in one person's life they say it's as if I took the entire state of Texas, I covered it two foot deep in silver dollars, and I marked one of them. And I told you to pick one. And you finding it on the first grab. That's the chances of just a few of the prophecies about Jesus having been fulfilled in him. 350. (laughs) He's the real deal. Hebrews 9.28 says, He was sacrificed once to take away the sins of, of many. Who are the many? The scripture continues and it answers that question. He will appear a second time. He's coming back, folks. Not to bear sin this time, though. He's already done it. Not again will he do that. This time he'll be coming as a conquering king to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Hallelujah. Oh, happy day. What a happy day that will be for those of us who are waiting for him. Equally as happy as the day we first believed. And received will be the day of his return. Can you remember the day that you really came to know him? The day that he moved into your heart to stay? I've heard it said that kind of like with a wedding anniversary, a marriage, you may not remember the date. But you remember the day that somebody moved into your house and never left. (laughs) That's how it is with Jesus. If he really did move in. Psalm 30 verse 2 said, Lord my God, I called to you for your help and you healed me. I will never forget that day. Ever. The day he brought salvation The day I realized that I had been deceived all the years I thought that I had salvation. And I really got born again 
I asked him, if you'll come into my home and into my house and into my heart today, I will never ask you to leave. And he came and he ushered in his salvation. And to my surprise, everything that came with it, I was to learn in the days and weeks to come what that meant. 1 Peter 2.24, remember he said, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross and that we might die to sins and live for righteousness and by his wounds you have been healed. This healing that he's talking about, he taught me almost immediately that it was much more than just the forgiveness of my sins. This sozo, all-inclusive salvation, this word that God used for salvation and healing, he used for lots of different things. And he began to teach me about it. Healing everything concerning me. Much more than I had ever imagined. I embarked on a beautiful journey with Jesus. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Who had come to us lying in a humble manger in Bethlehem. And he began to teach me about the vast salvation which I had entered into. He showed me in his word how the salvation he had provided through his sacrifice for all eternity included everything that I would ever need spiritually, physically, emotionally, materially. And I began to get excited. What an amazing adventure I had embarked upon. He showed me how though being saved was a one-time experience which brought me into the kingdom of God, my salvation was also a progressive process or a journey just like when the Israelites entered into the promised land in the land of Canaan. An adventure which he had brought me into and had to be walked out Explored and conquered bit by bit. And he promised that he loved me. And that he would be with me every step of the way. Amen. Oh, how wonderful. How exciting. All I needed to do was believe, receive, and allow the journey to unfold. You might ask, what I mean by those words. Believe, receive, and allow the journey to unfold. Mary, the precious mother of Jesus, is a simple and beautiful example of what I'm talking about here. In Luke chapter 1, starting at the 26th verse, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city in Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when he... And when she saw him, 
She was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered her and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Mary's journey was a great example of your salvation. Mary had questions, didn't she? I mean, you can just imagine, how will this be, she said. I've never had sex, is what she was saying. She had a fiancé, but that was it. God provided the answer, didn't he? Didn't the angel Gabriel answer her question? It's okay to have questions of God. It wasn't doubt and unbelief. She's just like, how are you going to do this? Based on everything I know, that's impossible. But how are you going to do it? And he told her. It's okay to have questions. God will provide you with answers, believe me. But then Mary believed. She believed and she agreed. She said, be it unto me according to thy word. You have to believe. And you have to agree with God regarding his plan for your life. With his Word regarding your life. So many are living apart from God's will for their lives. And calling themselves Christian. Yes, God is merciful. He is loving. He is forgiving. He is love. But he's not deceived. He's not mocked. But Mary... She believed and agreed. Praise God. And you know what? She received the blessing. The gift of life. But it wasn't easy for her. Can you only imagine? See, in verse 37 there, the angel had just told her that nothing is impossible with God. So he encouraged her through the word, didn't he? Then in verse 38, she agreed with the word of God. 
Be it unto me according to thy word. Then what happened? At the end of verse 38 there, the angel departed from her, didn't he? The angel left her in the natural. And don't you know that Mary wished that that angel would have stayed around a little while? I'm sure she wished she could call upon that angel from time to time over the next nine months, which would prove to be very difficult for her. But Mary had to walk it out. She had to put feet to her faith. She had to allow this thing to happen to her without constant encouragement. Trusting that God, though she couldn't see him or hear his voice, was still with her. Just hanging on to what God said, what he told her to do, what he said he would do through trials and hardship and persecution. Just as the son she carried in her womb whom the Bible teaches us in Hebrews 5, 8, learned obedience through the things he suffered. So did she. Until finally she went through all the pain of childbirth and delivered Jesus. Delivered life and peace and salvation to the world. Glory to God. She delivered the Christ, the perfect gift, Jesus, Messiah, Savior, God with us, blessed Redeemer, El Shaddai, which means Lord God Almighty, Elion, the Most High God. Adonai, Lord, our Master. Yahweh, Lord Jehovah. Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord my banner. Jehovah Ra, the Lord my shepherd. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals me. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Mikodishkim, the Lord who sanctifies you. Olam, the everlasting God. Kwana, jealous God. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Jehovah Shalom, God of peace. The perfect giver. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Remember in in John 14, 27, he says, My peace I give it to you, not as the world gives do I give unto you. <laughs> it's sad that he had to say that. Don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. I'm always with you. Some say this amazing salvation that we're talking about here today that came to us on that first Christmas. They say, you have to earn it. I'm here to tell you, you can't earn the salvation of God. But you must simultaneously allow salvation to take you. And you must take it.
In Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 13, God said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Amen. The book of Revelation ends with a beautiful call of the Lord Jesus Christ, calling to all who would come to him. To come and drink of the water of life. Remember the water at the well with the Samaritan woman that we've been talking about recently? Jesus told her in John 4.10, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks for a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Remember him telling her that? The prophets even prophesied about this living water before Jesus ever came. Would you like to hear what they said? Ezekiel said, the man brought me back to the entrance. This was a vision that he had of of heaven. He said, the man brought me back to the entrance to the temple. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. Isaiah 55. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Can't buy salvation. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Revelation 2, 7 says... Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Hallelujah. Can you see it? Revelation 21.6, he said to me, it is done. Jesus said, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. The angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing down from the throne of God and from the Lamb. Oh, how often I've dreamed of this river flowing from the throne. And finally, Jesus' invitation in Revelation 22. He ended this perfect word this way with only a brief warning afterward. He says, look, I'm coming. I'm coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, part to play, that they might have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs 
those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. Amen. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Second Corinthians nine fifteen, Paul said it so beautifully. He said, Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Thank you, Jesus. There aren't words to describe this amazing gift of God. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Jesus is the real deal. The whole package. We need to be like Mary and embark on a journey this Christmas to birth Christ into every part of our life and world. And to help others to know Him too. We need to put our complete trust in Him. And just as the wise men from the east traveled far to seek and find this perfect gift of God. I confirm to you today the old adage that those who are wise still seek Him. I promise if you seek Him with your whole heart, you will find Him. So seek Him and find Him and embark on the great adventure which is the salvation of the Lord. Amen. Walk it out. We have to walk it out. Explore and conquer the land the Lord has given you. Bit by bit, faith by faith, Glory to glory. The amazing Christmas gift of God is not something to be ignored or taken lightly. He came to heal you in every way. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, materially. He is the entire package. And He is the only way to the Father. The only way to heaven. The only way to eternal life. The only way to peace in this life. And He is calling us today to come and drink of the water of life. Of the river flowing from the throne of God. Won't you please be the recipient of God's greatest gift. The gift of love. The gift of salvation. The gift of His precious Son, Jesus Christ. God bless you all. Have a beautiful and Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Holy God, we thank you for the unspeakable gift. Your Son, Jesus Christ, who brought salvation and forgiveness and love and blessing and healing for every part of our lives. Help us all to know Him and embrace Him and trust Him better this Christmas and to share the gift of life with others. Help us to hold on to the words You have taught us here today. 
allow them to take root in our hearts. Thank you for your perfect gift of love and for loving us so perfectly. Help us to be more like you today, Lord. I ask that you heal everyone here, everywhere they hurt. Meet everyone at their point of need, Father. You know what they are. Touch them in their hearts, in their minds. Meet all of their material needs, Lord. But then show them and give them the things that can't be purchased. A good night's sleep. The love between friends. Between husband and wife. The love for your fellow man, the peace, the friendship, the joy that you provide us with. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.